This is a recording of my conversation with Dorian Seltz, founder and CEO of Squirrel. We talk about using machine learning to mine internal and external data to extract insights. We cover practical applications in business development, customer service and risk monitoring. We end with Dorian's views on the future of AI in business. I'm talking to Dorian Seltz, co-founder and CEO at Squirrel. Squirrel is the leader in uh, contextual intelligence. It uses AI to deliver the most relevant insights from the wealth of internal and external structured and uh, unstructured information. Dorian, welcome. Please uh, introduce yourself and Squirrel. Hello, Chip, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, Dorian is my name. I'm co-founder and CEO of Squirrel. It's not entirely my first company. Uh, some people of your listeners might be here in Switzerland now. Some of the companies my co-founders and I built prior, uh, local.ch, some 15 years ago. We also made significant contributions to a company called Namix. And now for the past six years, uh, we've been going at Squirrel, where we try to combine search, uh, which is all about probabilities, with uh, AI, or how I often rather refer to it like machine learning, which is all about um, pattern detection. And in the combination, you'll have a lot of new opportunities opening up. So let's start a bit uh, broader. What do you think are the challenges of getting from information, from data to insight in a business context? And uh, how can technology help in this regard? That was actually one of the key drivers why you built this company. If you look at any uh, small to mid to large size company today, um, it is quite astonishing. Most companies spend substantial amounts of money uh, for data acquisition, um, as an example, marketing data or consumer data or um, insights, uh, research and uh, other stuff. Um, they also spend unbelievable amounts of money to actually produce a platform or multiple silos with which to capture data, CRM systems, production systems, supply chain, know-how management systems. And if you look at the data upkeep that they have to invest to keep that data, it's also quite astonishingly high number. And now the big thing comes. If you look at how much of that data is ever used beyond creation, Gartner and Forrester Research point to just about 1% or 2%. Why is that? Um, many of these data sets are siloed in multiple different um, applications. Second, many of these data sets are of the so-called unstructured kind, as an example, textual data, service tickets, reports, meeting minutes, email. This is all data sets that are difficult to compute. And then third, um, the whole environment is fast changing. Take a retail environment, right? Um, you're the expert, Chip. I'm not, but I came recently across a report that points to fast-moving consumer good companies turning around their product uh, suite by about a third a year. So every third year, they have a completely different product lineup. So what you effectively have is a lot of change, siloed data, and data that is difficult to compute. So in this context, what specific problem does Squirrel try to solve, and how does it work? What we try to do is um, we have built over the past six years a platform um, that is able to take any type of data, uh, any type of unstructured data, email, research reports, market insights like 
transcripts or research or also production data and so on. And in three steps, we take this data, we start to gather and enrich this data, we start to analyze this data through various different ways and means. And then once we have extracted insights out of those data sets, we make them available to an end user in the context of her work and her work processes. So to make it very specific, as an example in financial services, we work often with commercial banks around the globe. We tell a client relationship manager in the morning, Chip, these are the three clients you should talk to today for these three reasons. And you might want to bring up three, these three solutions for that particular customer. And the way we do that is that we, as an outline, take all this data, start to analyze this data, and start to apply a number of what often is referred to as artificial intelligence. I'd rather refer to it as machine learning. A number of machine learning techniques um, that are joined in a novel way, but we also got a couple of patents for that, where we um, are then able to extract insights out of these unstructured data sets. Can you share some uh, more examples in other verticals, perhaps uh, also some success stories and what are the benefits achieved? Absolutely. One, one, of, one of the stories, because uh, they are a customer for us for quite some time, is Bruxen. Bruxen is, and you probably have never heard of Bruxen, Bruxen is a mid-sized, is a mid-sized accountancy company. They cater to very small companies. So um, kind of like individual, single companies, right? Uh, a contractor as an example, or maybe two people working as contractors. Uh, by law, these folks are also obliged to hand into the tax office a annual account and all the rest of it that you need um, uh, to be compliant with the tax regime in the UK. That's cumbersome. That's where Brookson comes in. And their unique selling point is that they have a lot of automation built in, a lot of clever automation, um, that allows them to offer their accountancy services for a very advantageous price point compared to traditional accountancies. As an example, you cannot call Bruxen. They call you. So you need to email them. These guys receive about 30,000 emails a week. That's a lot of emails for a workforce of, in that uh, customer support department, just about 80 people. So what do they do with our technology? They, as an example, take all inbound email and they start to classify that email to um, actually route it to the best possible person that is able to answer the particular question formulated in that request email, number one. Number two, what they also have started now doing is they have started to take customer relationships that maybe start neutral, go well, maybe something happens, they go south. Maybe the customer even leaves. So they have taken such um, customer journeys and have started to use our software to label any incoming new conversation along whether that conversation is a good one or whether that conversation and that customer is in the risk of, as an example, churning. And that adds a lot of value. First of all, it allows them with a relatively small set of people to deal with an avalanche of email. Second, it allows them to be much closer with the customer because they're more understanding of the customer needs and also where the customer is in the customer journey with Brookson. And I love that because this is a small and medium enterprise with just about 150 people that completely transforms its business thanks to clever data analytics. How do companies work with Squirrel? What does an implementation look like? 
then implementation normally has kind of like three steps. So the first step is quite often that we work uh, sometimes also with consultancy partners of ours um, closely with customers to really identify what's the use case. And not what's the use case that some, you know, high gloss magazine talks about, but what's the use case that really makes a difference for that particular business. As I explained in the case of Brookson, this automated churn analysis um, uh, where they start to match and map new conversations, that is a real game changer. What normally is considered a cost center, uh, the kind of like customer services department, was actually their primary source of new revenue generation last year. The second step is <clears throat> obviously the actual implementation where you need to kind of like ready the data, you need to label data, you need to set the um, uh, project in place, the application in place. You need the third phase is for us the most crucial one. So once you go into production, people um, start not only using the system, but start to feedback to the system and start to make it an integral part of their work processes. Another example, which is most recently launched, our asset management application for pretty big French asset management house, where we went through an intensive training period with those relationship asset managers to understand that the leads they get presented by the system are not just fancy dancy out of thin air, but that each of them can be explained because the system displays why it makes a recommendation. And then obviously you need to work with them to work that into their daily rhythm to make use of those leads. And once you've done that, I think you are successfully um, onboarded on that AI journey that eventually I do th seriously think will change any business. So you mentioned churn, I think you mentioned uh, lead generation. What other type of insights could Squiro help uh, uncover? If I start from front, front facing, we call that customer insights. Customer insights cases are normally all about the more intimate understanding of customers and markets, right? Opportunity generation, lead generation, customer insights as relationship um, insights, how to better in relationship as an example. On the, if I may say, backside of a company in its operational sector, uh, we call that service insights um, or risk insights. This is all about deflection of risks, detecting risks earlier. And service insights is all about automating support and service functions by making use of the fact that, as an example, in the service function, almost all cases in some shape or form did already happen in the past. It's just that the service uh, support person dealing with that ticket is not knowledgeable about that. Let the computer deal with that piece so as to hear the three best answers to that case. If you're not knowledgeable about, about that uh, case, here is uh, the, your colleagues uh, can help you. And, and by the way, here is an automated response email already sent to a customer. Um, with that, you cut uh, service resolution times by easily 20, 30%. Can you explain a bit also the risk part? Uh, obviously, in the customer service, you use information from the past. But when you talk about risk, this is something that uh, is very hard to actually predict. The type of information is different. How yeah. is Quiro applied to uh, risk identification, risk monitoring? Uh, we've done a number of risk cases in the financial services industry for commercial banking. Any good commercial bank obviously has a big risk uh, function um, that looks at um, exposures, credit exposures, and so on. In almost all cases that we've seen, these credit exposure and risk functions look at the client of the bank 
and uh, at payment streams, right? That numerical data sets, essentially. But now let's do, let's uh, walk you through a scenario we did for a large Asian bank, right? This large Asian bank um, sitting in Hong Kong and has in, many of their customers are, as an example, Hong Kong-based trading houses. And those trading houses themselves are effectively just a pass-through entities for production units sitting on mainland China. Let's suppose that a production unit in mainland China suddenly faces, I don't know, a delivery issue, I don't know, has been affected by some <clears throat> logistical hiccup or maybe, you know, I don't know, there's a fire and, and factory um, cannot be operational for the next two months. This obviously is a risk for the trading house because they will not be able to deliver. And if they're not able to deliver, they probably actually uh, will not be able to service uh, the credits they took from the bank. Hardly anyone does this kind of risk monitoring. Second, third degree risk monitoring of clients, of clients, where as an example, you automatically detect um, things like um, political events, unrest, strike, union intervention, or where you detect as an example, natural things, like if there is a big storm uh, that flooded a good chunk of uh, the transportation um, a system in that particular area, or where you detect um, things like fire hazards and other stuff that could impact the quality of um, uh, the client of the client, which has a domino effect on the creditworthiness of your actual credit credit client. What you always see with these type of things, you um, see a bank then suddenly start to reframe such a project as a bigger change project because they suddenly realize that the way they look at risk today is a rather limited way to look at risk. So we've seen many banks actually then turning around and say, okay, that's probably actually a bigger project where we need to rethink the way we look at risk more holistically. Dorian, final question. Where do you see some of the biggest opportunities for using uh, artificial intelligence in business? I, I see it, I see it in, in, in two areas. The two areas are, are very clearly develop a better understanding of customer-customer relationships. And for us, always important, and we stress that time and time again, it is not about replacing a relationship manager. It is not about automating a customer relationship. Because one thing I think many people overlook is without data, no AI. So you need data to make predictions. You need data to get a better understanding of a client relationship. Most companies have only incomplete data sets reflecting a client relationship. So under no circumstance ever shall you automate such a client relationship if you only have partial information about the client relationship. That said, most companies have so much data about weak signals about the client relationship. Like in that example I outlined from Brookson. As an example, males that indicate a growing level of frustration about maybe service times or the type of response you get. These weak signals, to detect them earlier and to actually make them applicable to an everyday situation, as an example, in service or in client relationship management, has a massive incremental impact on both um, your current and existing business, but also as an opportunity to generate additional business with the current and existing client base and with a new client base. What I see for the next five years is small steps that incrementally improve a certain element of your service, of your processes, but does so in such a drastic way that the outcome can be quite phenomenal. Dorian, this was great. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Chip. Thank you for having me. 